Welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson. On our program, we explore the flip side of every story. And when you open yourself up to both sides, you'll realize that there are life lessons, powerful tools, and so much more. Now, here is Dr. Veerdra Jackson. Hello, 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 and welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. I am Dr. Veerdra Jackson, the CEO and creative behind Living Strong Consulting. And we are coming up on our last two episodes. I know they have been powerful. Our conversations around healing, health, and wellness. We have tackled this conversation from physical to emotional to financial. (laughs) And tonight we're going to talk about relationally, how we can have healthy communication, healthy connection, and better self-awareness along the way. I'm excited to introduce our guest, Erin Darden, with us. She has um, been pursuing her life's passion that revolves around helping individuals manifest the love they deserve. As an advocate for healthy relationships, she specializes in empowering women to break free from self-imposed barriers that keep them from realizing their deepest desires. And just in that paragraph, you already know why she's here because that's absolutely what the heart of my book, Fearless Conversation, also tries to do. So we are going to have a rich conversation because she helps individuals identify what they need in a partner and then teaches them how to effectively communicate those needs to cultivate relationships that align with their core values. Through her coaching, she guides women in raising their emotional intelligence, which helps them gain clarity on what a healthy relationship looks like for them personally. By developing this self-awareness, they can confidently navigate the path towards the love they desire. As a second career, she was a lawyer first. Her emotional intelligence and relationship coaching, Erin brings a unique perspective to healthy relationships. Welcome to the flip side of adversity conversation, Erin. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I have been looking forward to this conversation um, just because I feel like there, I too am very passionate Mm -hmm. about helping women understand what's holding them hostage, Mm -hmm. what is sabotaging their growth, what is getting in the way of them fully understanding purpose. So before we jump into some of the set questions, I'm curious, what are you noticing after the pandemic to be a continued cause or impact that's holding people hostage? And I actually think this started before the pandemic. Okay. I think our ideas around relationships have changed. Um, Some of them are for the better, right? The standard or what maybe our parents or our grandparents thought of a relationship to be. um, Those things are no longer, which is in some ways a good thing, right? We're evolving. Women are more independent. But what I found is that as we have moved away from what maybe our 
mentors or our parents can teach us, right? Now people don't know what relationships should look like. Mm. Um, and, and now, especially with this day of social media, everybody tells you relationships should look like this. It should do this. He should do this. She should do that. Um, and I think with all of this noise that's out there, it's really hard to know for you to know what a healthy relationship looks like for you, mm-hmm. right? Because what I need is going to be different from you and the next person. Uh, and so what I really try to do is help people really raise their self-awareness, right? Mm-hmm. Your relationship has to be based on you and your partner, nobody else. What works mm-hmm. for y'all works for y'all. It may not work for me and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think this idea of what a healthy relationship should be, right? There is no one standard. Mm-hmm. Um, and the answer really comes from really knowing who you are. Um, and I think that that is one of the things that's hard because people want to listen to what's out here, especially these relationship experts, right? Um, as soon as you hear something, oh, my you have to do this, you have to do that. But it's no, you have to do what really aligns with your core values between you and your partner. Mm-hmm. And I think there is an interesting tension as well as connection that I'm curious for us to dive into. Um, because although our platform um, isn't necessarily a faith-based platform, Um, I share with people, you don't have to believe what I believe, Mm -hmm. but in order for me to tell my story, Mm -hmm. it includes, it automatically includes my faith. Mm -hmm. And so I have also kind of been wrestling with this conversation of recognizing that there is a guideline and a standard and there are some things that our previous generations, of which I know I am one. I know. I know how old I am. <laughs> so I know I can be considered old school or of, of, a, dif- of a different generation mm-hmm. from yours. But I also think there, it, there are some foundational biblical principles and tools that if we are going to show up as love and light for others, Mm -hmm. there are some things that we absolutely have to be committed to, Mm -hmm. as well as being willing to release broken patterns (laughs) that actually were used as a lie Mm -hmm. in the past or to hide Mm -hmm. secrets, things that weren't told openly, that now, especially as you shared with social media, Everybody wants to tell everything and everything is not supposed to be said. Everything. (laughs) Yes. So I'm, I'm, I am hoping that you will engage Mm -hmm. in kind of us unpacking two different views, perspectives, the tension, the connection as we unpack this conversation. Absolutely. Now, I know that even though we might be different generations, my parents are old school. So I think I do when I talk to people that are my age, I know that my views personally tend to align more so uh, with previous generations. Right. But my parents next week will have been married. 49 years. Yeah. Um, and so that is my first example. Um, but I do have other examples from, you know, yes. other people that I've talked to. So I'll share both mine and what I get from other women that I speak with. Absolutely. So let's start with this whole understanding. So you identify yourself as um, an emotional intelligence and relational coach. Yes. So can you define for our listeners, what is emotional intelligence? Yeah. So emotional intelligence is about understanding and being able to identify your emotions. So how you're feeling. Um, and so 
some people that have heard of it, they kind of stop there, but that's not it. Um, it's also about being aware of your partner mm -hmm. um, and being mindful of how they feel and what they need. And once you have both of this, you know, this, you know, how you feel, you know, how your partner feels. It's like, what do we do about this? Mm -hmm. right? I tell people all the time, relationships are about two individuals learning how to coexist. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you feel how you feel. I feel how I feel. We're both right. Mm -hmm. how do we get along if possible, right? Because sometimes it doesn't work and we try to make it, but it's about knowing who I am and what works for me, knowing my partner, what works for him and figuring out how we make this work together. Mm -hmm. I've You just struck something that often in the work that I do is recognizing that all emotions are okay. Absolutely. But all behaviors are not. Absolutely. And we have to be willing to pull apart the difference between the two. Mm -hmm. And in some respects, I think sometimes people struggle with even identifying mm -hmm. their emotions. Have you found that as well? Absolutely. Right. And so right, there are different components of emotional intelligence. I think we'll probably get to those later. Mm -hmm. But like you said, right, you want to make sure that once you are aware of your emotions, you want to make sure that you are consciously choosing how to respond, if at all. Right. The moment you are just reacting out of emotion and you right, if you ever had that moment like, oh, I shouldn't have said that or I blacked out. Right. That's a lack of emotional intelligence. Right. Yeah. Yelling, screaming, hollering. That's also a lack of emotional intelligence. Right. So you want to make sure that one, like you said, you are aware of how you're feeling and why. Right. Processing. Huge. We're going to get there, too. But processing how you are feeling and then consciously deciding how do you need to convey that to your partner mm -hmm. in a way that they can understand. Because I feel like you also tapped on something that people don't always, they're not always conscious of. Mm -hmm. and, and in trauma work, we call it impact sensitivity. Mm -hmm. So recognizing not only do I own the empathy of I want to be empathetic to that person, I also in impact sensitivity have to recognize that what I choose to say or do is going to impact someone else. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I become responsible for the sensitive way mm -hmm. I am navigating my emotions, communicating with the other person, um, and, and even recognizing how and what I'm saying, mm -hmm. what is doing to the other person. Yeah. And I think that's really important in a relationship, um, especially when we talk about men and their emotions, right? There's mm -hmm. this idea out there that's absolutely not true that men don't have emotions. You can say whatever you want to men, and it's not true, right? We're all humans. We all have emotions, right? The way that the brain works, you have an emotional reaction to everything first. It doesn't matter your sex, gender, how you identify. It doesn't matter if you have a human brain, um, you have an emotional reaction before it goes to the front of your brain, which is how you process things. Um, and so where right, men are unfortunately sometimes taught to suppress their emotions. Mm -hmm. So when you say that people don't know, always know how to identify it's because they're not taught to identify mm -hmm. those, right? They, they choose to exhibit their emotions in ones that are more socially acceptable, anger, mm -hmm. violence, but you really say it. Yes. You know, you're hurt, right? which is OK. Um, but because of the way that the world is or the way that they were raised, right, they have a hard time identifying those emotions. And I think taking it a step further with communication, a lot of people aren't raised to communicate. Right. <sighs> Children ought to be seen and not heard or men. As soon as you cry, 
boys don't cry. You know what I mean? So they don't have that. They don't grow up learning how to communicate. And so if you know how to communicate, right, if you're just talking at me, I might not be able to receive that. So it's absolutely important, like you said, that you are mindful of how you are saying things, right? You can talk. I know people that say, oh, I talk all day long. He doesn't hear me. Uh, You're probably not talking in a way that he or she, whichever way, Mm -hmm. can understand or receive what you're saying. Yes. You are talking at the person, Mm -hmm. not with the person, Mm -hmm. or even for an opportunity to engage with the person. A lot of times um, when I'm working with relationships on teams, Mm -hmm. so even professional relationships, we talk about being able to stop calling people out and become really intentional and calling people in Mm -hmm. so that you can be called to action together, to heal, to move, to walk in purpose, to be impactful. Mm -hmm. So I know that there are some anchor benefits to emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. when we're talking about communication as well as relational romantic relationships what are some of those benefits yeah so like i said i think being able to effectively communicate in a way that your partner can understand i really think that's probably the biggest benefit of emotional intelligence especially in romantic relationships i think communication is one of the biggest issues Mm-hmm. In relationships, right? Mm-hmm. It can destroy your entire relationship. Um, and so I think being able to communicate in a way that is effective, that is going to promote conflict resolution, right? We're not just sitting here arguing and fighting about the same things over and over again. Over and over. Right. We know because you have taken the time to one, you've identified how you feel. You've taken the time to process that. You know exactly what you need. So when you go to your partner, you can say, hey, it bothered me when you do this. Next time, can you do, right? There Mm -hmm. is no argument at that point, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. If you are able to stop and take the time to process how you are feeling, um, I think it it really reduces the arguing, right? I don't argue. People are like, how don't you argue? We can have a conversation about what happened. Even if I did something you don't like, don't yell at me. Now, don't. That's like a a red flag for me. Don't yell at me because it's a sign of a lack of emotional intelligence. If you need time, I think that's one of the big things, one big issue that people make. They try to talk to their partner too soon because you can't be emotional and logical at the same time. Absolutely not. Right. Um, And so when you're talking out of emotion, sometimes that's when you go to start hurting your your partner and saying things that you later want to come back and apologize. But you can't take words back. Mm -hmm. And so it's important that you are making sure that you are communicating with love. Mm. Right. And like you said, being mindful of what you say and how you say it. Right. We, they teach us that as a kid. It's not what you say. It's how you say it. At some point along the line, when we grow up, we forget it and we just want to say what we have to say. And it's not effective. Yeah. But I think don't we say what we want to say in some respects? I feel like there's there's such meat in there. We say what we want to say because I'm still hurting and I want you to hurt. Mm-hmm. Or I have not forgiven and I want you to pay. Yeah. And I don't think that those either of those ideas is healthy for a relationship. Why do you want to hurt your partner? Because if you were calm and I asked you, do you want to hurt your partner? You would probably say no. Right? It's because you're upset. You don't want your you don't really want to hurt your partner, which is why I think it's very important that you take time before if that's going to be something that, you know, that's an issue for you, which is we're human. I, like you said, all emotions are valid. How you feel is valid, which is something that I even had to learn. But it's what do you how do you share that with your partner? Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So why do people have problems communicating with their partner? I think there are a few reasons, right? I think there are really two big things that people fall into or problems that people fall into. Um, I think one, which is the problem that I had, uh, some of us, we don't speak up, right? We don't like conflict. We're conflict averse. We don't want to hurt the other person. Oh, it's not a big deal. We minimize how we feel. And so we just, oh, it's okay. It doesn't matter. It's not that big of a deal. And so we never say anything. So I think that's one side of it. I think the other side of it is people that don't mind speaking up, but they don't take into account their partner. Mm. And so that's when you're talking at somebody, you're yelling at somebody, you're, you know what I mean? Um, so I think that we, most of the times we fall into one or two of these things where either we're conflict adverse because we don't know how to have conflict in a healthy way, right? Conflict is inevitable, inevitable in a relationship. It's how you handle it that matters, yes. right? And so healthy relationships include difficult conversations. Mm -hmm. And so we have to learn that your feelings matter. Your, your emotions are valid, mm -hmm. right? And if you take the time to process it, you'll know when you need to say something. And then once you know, right? You have to make sure that you are communicating in a way that your partner can receive it. We all don't speak the same way, right? I'm a very direct communicator, but I know like I have friends that I can't be as direct with, yes. right? You know who you can speak to how, right? I have friends that I could say, why would you do that? That was, you know, that was dumb. <laughs> I have friends that I can say that to and others that I... I can't. It I have to be them. more gentle. Yes, I have to be more gentle. And so I think, you know, those are the two the two biggest problems that I see when people have problems communicating with their partner. I would even challenge just that even goes beyond romantic oh, partner. Absolutely. That literally I think about leaders who struggle to communicate because they're afraid of the conflict or the response mm -hmm. of the staff person. And so they will um, either avoid it, not not even acknowledge it, mm -hmm. or they will come at the person with, with such aggression that the person then shuts down and you never find out the truth, the need, or allow that person to feel seen again. And it, it, this crosses over <laughs> multiple types of relationships and it, it causes me to kind of think about how when we are not being honest about the fact that we are hurt, mm -hmm. that what was said hurt me because of how I interpreted it, whether it was that person's intent or not, how I interpreted if I can't, if I'm not being honest in some ways that for me, that feels unfair. Mm -hmm. And I think it, it, there's so much that I can say in response mm -hmm. to that. So it definitely is beyond just romantic relationships. Um, and so actually when you usually hear about emotional intelligence, they talk about it in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And that's actually where I learned it um, from a toxic work relationship. Mm -hmm. right? Same thing, right? I thought that I had a condescending supervisor and mm -hmm. I thought he just didn't like black attorneys or female attorneys or younger attorneys, right? Because everything I gave him, he wrote all over it. It was always something wrong with it. And so, like you said, here I am interpreting why he's doing this. He doesn't like me. 
mm-hmm. out of everybody. He doesn't like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just so happened to be in my coaching program at the same time and learn about emotional intelligence. And the third component of emotional intelligence is empathy. And so when I was able to take a step back, right, I know that it's frustrating to me. Every time he left his office, I would cry. So I know I'm self-aware. I know how I'm feeling. I know why I'm feeling. But I never took into account his side of it, right? Mm. Because when you're hurt, you don't think about the other person, right? And I never said anything to him. I would just close the door and cry. Mm. And once I, you know, I thought about the empathy and I started to pay attention to him, I realized he's not condescending. He writes all over it because that's the only type of changes he can make. Substantively, mm-hmm. it's good. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know enough of this area to even give me feedback. So this is all he can do to make himself feel like a supervisor. Mm-hmm. And once I was able to realize that, it changed everything, mm. right? I knew how to then go to him. I knew he was going to say no to me, right? But instead of getting upset and crying, I figured out how to get him back to where I needed him to be, right? And it changed everything for me. And I'm like, well, it worked over here at work. Let's see if it'll work in my personal and romantic relationships. And it did. Um, and so it absolutely is important to know that how you are feeling is valid. Um, what somebody else is feeling is not necessarily more important than how you feel. It may be, you know, you might have to address it in different ways and at different times, but how you feel is also important. Um, and why should you minimize or, you know, discredit how you feel for somebody else, right? Yeah. You're both valid. Yeah. It's figuring out how do you both coexist at that point. There's such a, uh, the first level of self-awareness, but also there's an element of humility in there for us to slow down the thought process, the emotional rage of the limbic system in our brain, to slow it down and begin to think about the other person. What actually is happening inside of them that is creating that behavior, Mm -hmm. that response, Mm -hmm. and begin to, but I think also in some respects, have us pause, why is that behavior causing this reaction in me? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. (laughs) Right? Yes, that is huge. And if you can figure that out, especially about your partner, right, it's about knowing your triggers and your partner triggers, right? Mm -hmm. and. Like you said, why is it causing that? What about that triggered me? Right? Or what about what I said or did triggered my partner? Mm-hmm. Right? And if you can get to the trigger, and like you said, figure out the why. Now, is this something that I need to work on? Is this something that my partner needs to do to reassure me or to help me work through this? Or both? Because mm-hmm. sometimes it's both, right? There's parts of it that I need to do on my end. I might need you to do this to help me along this. But if you can figure that out, I think a lot of conflict in relationships go away. Huge, mm-hmm. huge, because we're actually processing, not just reacting. Yes, yes. Huge. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned the third component mm-hmm. of emotional intelligence. Can, can you lay outline yep. what the components are? Mm-hmm. So I work with four of them, right? So the first one is self-awareness, right? Knowing who you are, how you feel. Absolutely, right? You can't change anything that you're not aware of. So self-awareness is the first emotion. Um, self-management. Once you are aware of this emotion, What do you do about it? How do you respond? How do you convey this to your partner? The third one is empathy. Taking Mm -hmm. the time to understand your partner. You don't have to agree, 
but taking time to understand why they are the way that they are. Mm -hmm. um, and then once you know this, how do you how do you have a healthy relationship? Right. Um, I work with people on coming up with a communication plan. Right. And sometimes it's a matter of, yes, even though I'm upset. And I've been thinking about this all day long, but I might know that after work, you need time to decomp decompress. So I don't come at you as soon as you come in the door and start, you know, talking at you. I Maybe I make sure, do you have space to listen to me? Right? And I do this with my friends too, right? Do you have the capacity to listen to me right now, right? Because you, you want to make sure that I'm not just talking. I'm not talking for my help, right? We need to figure this out. And so if you're not in a space to listen and help me work through this, it's no point in having this conversation, right? So um, it's about all of these things, knowing how I feel, okay, what do I need to happen because of this, right? The processing, mm -hmm. how do I need to say this to you, right? Because mm -hmm. there may be words that I can't say to you because it's a trigger mm -hmm. or because of the way you were raised or whatever it is. And now that I know this, so I'm purposely not going to come to you when you are just coming in the door, right? right. It's using all of this to have good conflict resolution skills. Mm. Compassion, love, humility, mm -hmm. um, and and even that element of, uh, and I think about like in when I'm in spaces and I just, I'm asking God, show me me mm -hmm. so that I can better understand how I'm showing up in spaces, how people are, how people are viewing mm -hmm. and, and ultimately Am I reflecting you in this relationship, mm -hmm. in this walk? And as you unpacked each of those elements, truly, if we could slow things down mm -hmm. <laughs> in our in our head mm -hmm. and in our interactions, mm -hmm. it would be powerful yes. what true connection, love, um, authentic. Mm -hmm identity of who you are, like your own self-value, there would be room for all of that. Absolutely. And knowing that, right, like you said, this is me. But when you see something, you got to believe it. Or when somebody tells you, you got to believe it, that you can't think that you are picture perfect and there's no space for growth, which is why I don't, I don't work with everybody, right? I tell women that I work with, you have to be ready to grow. Right? I don't want to talk to anybody that, oh, this is just the way that I am. Well, we can't work together. Yes. Right. Because there's always going to be room for growth. And you came to me for a reason. Right. You can't come here and say, oh, I'm just stuck in my ways. This is how I'm going to be. But then you don't need me. Right. <laughs> I'm here to help you hold that mirror up to you and to help you decide. Like once you decide that, OK, this is a behavior that I am not OK with. Right? I don't tell you what you need to change. Mm -hmm. Right. This is according to you and your core value. So once we identify something that you dislike right now, it's time to work on it. Um, but I think the other thing is also knowing that it's not all about you. Oh. And I you know just stepped hard. on someone's toes. Yeah, I had to step on my own too, right? I was I'm the only girl. Like it's always been about me. Are you kidding me? Like it's always, but it's not. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that how you feel isn't important. Mm -hmm. It's still important, but their feelings are important as well. Right? Mm -hmm. Right? Wow. That whole conversation about offense. Like, oh, how are we walking around constantly offended? by what someone else said or did, mm -hmm. but never actually pausing to say what might be going on with them and why am I so offended? Mm -hmm. 
Sometimes there in some of our um, actually team coaching experiences, as well as our girlfriend gathering, I've shared the John Maxwell quote of people often want to change their circumstances, but seldom want to change themselves. Mm-hmm. Therefore, they stay bound. Yes. And I think that is one of the things, you, you know, I talk about identifying these self-imposed barriers, right? Mm-hmm. Whenever I talk to women, a lot of times it's, he did this, he did that, right? And most of the work that I do is all about self-awareness, mm. right? And so it's like, but what did you do to contribute to your own heartbreak, right? Ooh. And that's always what I try to figure out. Like, even in my own personal, you know, my own personal life, I've always tried to figure out how did I get here and how do I make sure I'm never here again? Wait, I need you to say that again. How did I contribute? Say that again. Um, you have to, and you have to take accountability for the part you played in your own heartbreak. Yeah. All right. So, what did you do to contribute to it? So, yes, he might have cheated four or five times, but what did you do? You stayed after the first or second time, mm. right? And so, and I think it's important. Again, this is not to diminish or discount what he did. It's important that. You have to figure out, well, what made you stay after the second or third time? And that's what we need to work on so that you don't end up here again. Right there. Right there. Mm-hmm. What what are you holding on to as the image you want? <laughs> and you are compromising your self-worth. You are compromising your ability to feel valued Mm -hmm. and stay connected with who you are because you are so wedded or loyal Mm -hmm. to an image of something that you won't let that go. Yes. And it and it literally is destroying. Yes. Yes. Oh, my goodness. We're already halfway through and there's so (laughs) many questions, so many more (laughs) questions we have to talk about. Well, stay connected with us because we're going to continue to unpack the elements of effective of a, an effective communicator, some very concrete tips on difficult conversations. I know many people need to understand how to do that. And we want to continue to understand your area of expertise as we unpack that as well. So if you have not had an opportunity to check out livingstrongllc.com, please do that. All the resources that we provide in our coaching work is there, as well as, Erin, how can people find your work? What's your website? So I'm easy. Everything is my name. So erinfdarden.com. So E-R-I-N-F as in Frank, D-A-R-D-E-N.com. Website, social media, pretty easy. Wonderful. Well, with that, we'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. What if the most special part about you was not how you fit in, but how you stood out in a world that has never seen your kind of beauty? What if you could walk confidently in your God-given beauty, identity, and purpose. My name is Sandra Coates, and I am the founder and visionary of a movement called United and True. We want every woman to know that she is being transformed, she has been redeemed, and she is unique. I'm also an author of a newly released book called None Like Her. It is about awakening the beauty and the value that is within every woman. You see, it's time that we rise up 
through the confusion and the chaos and the comparison and the shame to know that there is nothing more we need to do to access the beauty that is within us. Please visit SandraCoats.com for more information. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with Dr. Veerdra Jackson. To reach the live show today, call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at livingstrongllc.com. Now, back to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Well, welcome back. I have just been in utter awe of the nuggets that have just been flowing in our conversation. Erin has unpacked the components of emotional intelligence. She has defined it for us, and she's begun to also provide us with nuggets and tools and insight that not only impact romantic partnerships, but honestly, If you begin to do that self-awareness work, it will impact multiple areas of connection and opportunity for healthy relationships. So I'd like for us to actually begin to unpack how does emotional intelligence make you more effective in communicating as as a communicator. Yeah, and so like I said earlier, conflict is inevitable in mm-hmm. a relationship. Is how you deal with it that matters. And so once you are taking in account all of the components, right, you know how you feel, you've taken the time to process that. And so when I talk about processing how you are feeling, one, right, it's identifying your emotion, right, and going deeper than the core emotion. You're not just angry. Are you disappointed? Are you dissatisfied, right? Are you upset? Like So going deeper than just happy, sad, you know, angry. And like you said, figuring out what triggered this emotion. Mm-hmm. What about this triggered it? Like, why are you here? Right. Is there something from your past that you need to deal with? And it's like, what needs to happen? Is there something that you need to work on? Is there something that you need your partner to do? Mm-hmm. Right. And so once you are able to do that, right. And I call that clarifying your message. Right. Yes. And then you can go to your partner. Well, you know, your partner can't talk as soon as you come in the door. So you make sure that you pick a good time to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, you make sure that you communicate in a way that your partner needs to. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe your partner needs time breaks or needs time to process it. Sometimes your partner needs to text you. Yes. Right. And so making sure it's not just about you and getting things out. You really taking the time to go to your partner. And because you have clarified your message, you can say, hey, babe. It bothered me when you did X on this date, right? You got to be specific, no no, no generalizations. It bothered me when you did, or it made me feel I was disappointed when you didn't come through on Saturday, right? Next time, can you call if you're going to be late? Mm -hmm. Now there's no argument. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It takes away a lot of the unnecessary commotion or conflict. um, And it lets you get straight to the issue and figure out together, how do we deal with this issue? So I want to lean in on that point because I think about, so I've pointed out the issue and I actually am thinking about a um, coaching session I literally had today with a group of leaders in which they identified how in past conversations, 
the level of defensiveness when they would bring something up caused them so much stress. Mm -hmm. They actually stopped bringing things up mm -hmm. to save themselves. Mm -hmm. How do you respond? So I've, I have pulled my message together. Yep. I have shared my message and it has been met mm -hmm. with defensiveness. Yep. What do I do? So people get defensive when they feel like you are attacking them or you are accusing them. And so I actually put together a list of common communication mistakes. And so one of them is starting your sentences with you, mm. right? That is always going to get somebody to shut down. You did, you always, you, right? Start your sentences with I, and you want to make sure that you are focusing on the emotion. I felt like when yes. you did, right? Yes. No, you, you feel how you feel. That is, you know, that disarms them. They can't, they can't, no, you didn't. You don't know how I feel, right? Yes. So you want to make sure you're starting your sentences with I and focus on the emotion, right? Not what they did. And this is how I felt because of X, right? Mm -hmm. And so that usually works so that people aren't on the fences. Because if I come to you and say, well, you did, <laughs> now Shut you down. didn't hear anything else I said. Shut down. As opposed to, I was disappointed when... Mm -hmm. You didn't come through like you said you were. Mm -hmm. Next time, can you call me before you do? Mm -hmm. But you know what? Because I also coach teachers, mm -hmm. this is crossing so <laughs> many, <laughs> so many relationships. Because I also coach teachers, last night we were um, in a training session and I challenged them that the first thing when you are approaching a child is to name the emotion yes. you believe that they are exhibiting mm -hmm. or expressing. And then you address the problem based on the feeling, yes. not just the behavior. Yes. This just cross, it just crosses mm -hmm. in so many, so many avenues. Mm -hmm. So can you give us some tips? for those difficult conversations with your partner. And as we've already discovered, this isn't just about your partner. We yes. could probably find nuggets across multiple relationships. Yep. What are some tips for difficult conversations? I have so many. So one, if I don't get through all of them, definitely they can download the list of common mistakes that I've put together. Um, but like I said, making sure you start your sentences with I and that you focus on the emotion, um, that you talk about specific instances. Don't generalize because the minute I say you always, no, I don't. Now no. you never get to the actual issue, right? So you wanna make sure you're talking about something on Saturday, right? Yes. Not you always, because more than likely they don't always do anything, mm -hmm. right? Um, making sure another one is this whole, I'm right, you're wrong. It's mm -hmm. not about right and wrong because honestly, you're both right. Mm -hmm. right. We are all the sum of our experiences. So I feel how I feel based on my past and you feel how you feel based on your past. Right. So mm -hmm. now we're both right. How do we coexist? Mm -hmm. Right. What needs to happen from here? Is there anything I need to do to help you get through this? Is there anything that you need to do to help me get through this? So it's not right or wrong. We're both right. Mm -hmm. Where do we go from here? Um, That's a I, moment where you're actually validating. Yes not only what you went through, but how what you went through sure. is actually impacting this moment mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. So I'm validating that. I'm not dismissing it or discounting it, creating room for it, mm -hmm. but we can't stay there. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Um, I also recommend making sure you guys check in however so often. Maybe it's monthly, maybe it's weekly, or I've heard couples say, right, 
throughout the whole week, we don't bring up issues, but Friday night, this is our time to bring up anything that we've been holding on to, anything that we need to see differently, right? So making sure that you guys agree on the time to check in. Mm -hmm. Um, And while you're checking in, I actually came up with a card game to help with this. Um, So there's two versions of the Perfect Partner card game. um, And the couple's edition is 50 questions designed to help you have those difficult conversations and improve your emotional intelligence and strengthen your relationship. Um, and so I know sometimes it is hard to bring up these issues, especially when you want to talk about maybe being dissatisfied in the bedroom or what this person is doing wrong, right? We're still human. It's still hard to have those conversations. I think having those cards now it's off of you. Let's both answer this, this question together. Which I've, it, that just brought something else up for me because I find that I can collect my thoughts to try to articulate where I am and what I need. But we as humans don't always listen well. Mm -hmm. Actually listen Mm -hmm. so that I'm listening for understanding. Yep. And I think that is common. I think one tip that I give people is to make sure you repeat what you heard your partner say. What I heard mm-hmm. you say is, or what I think I heard you say. Because a lot of people have comprehension issues. <laughs> and and it goes through a filter, though. And I'm like, how did you mm-hmm. even get that mm-hmm. out of what I said, right? Mm-hmm. But again, they heard what they heard. But by asking them to clarify, or this is what I think I heard you say, am I right before I respond? Mm-hmm. Right? Then you can make sure that you're on the same page before you even try to respond. Mm-mm-mm-mm. So... If we are in the process, oh, I, before I move on to that, I want to make sure people know how to get the game. Yep. So it's available on my website. So if you go to AaronFDarton.com in the shop, in the store, there's a couples edition and there's a dating edition that we'll mm. talk about in a little bit. So uh, what role uh, does effective communication play in dating? So I actually think it is maybe more important in dating. Mm-hmm. Um I was on another podcast and the host was saying, but I'm already in this. And I and I said, yeah, it's hard to get out of a situation once you've been in it for months and years. Absolutely. Which is why I always recommend that you find out the important information in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, it's important because it's important that you make sure that you are communicating your needs to your partner. But even before you can start that, you got to know what you want and need in a partner. Mm-hmm. What does the perfect partner look like for you? Mm-hmm. Um, and when I, I talk about the perfect partner a lot, and people, there's no such thing as perfect. When you use perfect as an adjective, it means mm-hmm. having all the required, all of the required, everything that you desire, right? You mm-hmm. can have the requirements. You can absolutely find somebody that meets everything on your list of non-negotiables, right? They mm-hmm. shouldn't be in your life if they don't, right? And so um, first, that self-awareness is knowing what you need in a partner, right? Mm-hmm. If you look down five five years down the road, what do you want your life to look like, mm-hmm. right? And then work backwards. What kind of partner do you need to live that lifestyle, right? And so now you know, what you need to be looking for in a partner. Do you need somebody to give you emotional support, financial support, or somebody that's kind or somebody that can add value to your life? But what does that look like? You have to know where you're headed and maybe your purpose to know how somebody can contribute to your life. Um, And so once you are aware that self-awareness, I help women build this list. What is it that you want and need, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And make sure, like I said, based on what you need and your core values, not what society is saying, Mm -hmm. right? And then now that you have this, how do you find this in a person, Mm -hmm. right? 
you got to make sure you're asking the right questions. Mm -hmm. I have been surprised to find people that are now married and they're just finding out that, oh, this person doesn't want to have kids. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's a real thing. Right. But these are questions that should have been had the very first conversation. But I think part of this. So, again, this is my generation Mm -hmm. who is struggling with current culture as well as. Um, a, a woman of faith in that I think some messaging that we, well, not even some, a lot of messaging we receive about how fast and quick you should, you can mm-hmm. or should be jumping into a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like the 90 day fiance thing. I don't even get it. I'm yeah. like, what? Or, <laughs> Or, or the one where you you're 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 like actually marrying them on the day yeah. you see them for married the first, first time, sight. right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't even how can how can you or even how are you valuing mm-hmm. who you are mm-hmm. if that is how fast you are willing to go into a relationship? Yeah. Now. I don't know that I could ever. I, I, yeah. It just goes again. And, and as you said, so there are, um, my faith is a foundation. Mm-hmm. And so there are core things I need to know. Yes. And there are just some things I just know I am not going to do because nothing about it sounds right. And I don't care how many Facebook yes. posts or IG posts you got about it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, yep, no. Yes. I, I'm with you there. I definitely agree. Um, even if it's not a, a, a TV show, people jump into relationships quickly. Sure that you deserve to be in my life. Um, and I think, um, a question that I tell people to ask based on what you know about this person right now, if nothing else changes, are you good with that for the rest of your life? Right. right. But the other question you asked about if you are and and I think even if when you're talking about a relationship that's actually leading to marriage, mm-hmm. I think those kinds of things come out in, of healthy premarital counseling that you are able to project out in five years. Where do we want to be? If mm-hmm. if this is going to be a we, you can be guided through questions yes. that will allow you to see beyond mm-hmm. today. Yes. And I think that that whole question you just put out there around like in five years, mm-hmm. where do you see your partnership? Mm-hmm. And is this the person that can help you get there? Absolutely. But I, I do want to go back to the word perfect. Mm hmm. Because I don't want people to miss how you shared it is about core values, mm-hmm. not just once. Yes. Yep. So perfect as an adjective, like mm-hmm. per- describing the partner that you want, having all the required or desirable elements, qualities, or characteristics. Mm. Right. So mm-hmm. you're, we're talking about the requirements. These are your non-negotiables. These are the things that anybody you entertain, ha- they should have. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I don't necessarily mean something like, oh, does he dress well and all of that. Right. That's what I want to. Because honestly, if we if we think about what drives our culture mm-hmm. 
today. It's, it's about what popped up, who had the this outfit, who had this amount of money, who showed up. Mm-hmm. And so, again, it goes back to where you're headed in life. So I know where I'm going, what you matter, what you have on, it matters, but that's not adding value to my life. Mm-hmm. We can change what you have on. All right. And so when I work with women to come up with their list of non-negotiables, I tell them, write down everything that you want in a partner, everything that mm-hmm. you can think of. And the, but then go back and rank everything on a scale of one to 10. Mm-hmm. How important is this thing? Right? Your nines and tens, those are your non negotiables. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I like a guy that dresses nice in a suit, but it's not a nine or a 10 for me. Mm-hmm. Right? I need you to add value to my life. I need the emotional support. Those things are more important. Mm-hmm. And so, when I'm talking with women, they're like, oh, he doesn't have this or he doesn't have that. How does that impact your future? Right. And is it really a detriment? to your future, Mm -hmm. right? And those things that you determine that are non-negotiables, I think we should ask questions way before premarital, right? Mm -hmm. I don't believe in wasting anybody's time. So the things that I know that are deal breakers for me, I'm asking those questions the first conversation that we have. Right, right. But there's so much that you've shared leading up to this moment of the Mm self-work, the the willingness to be honest in the conversation so that you are not avoiding asking the hard questions. Yes. There's there's so much meat of what you shared to lay the platform for those really authentic conversations. Yes. I cannot believe we are already at only about seven more minutes left to the conversation. So I want to jump into, um, do you have some examples of what those important questions are. Yeah. So in my opinion, I think the important questions are what type of relationship are you open to? Mm-hmm. Right. Meaning, do you see yourself getting married at some point? Doesn't mean that they're going to get married to you, but you at least know if you're wasting your time with this person. So mm-hmm. what type of relationship are you open to? Um, do you want children or do you want more mm-hmm. children? Do you believe in God and which God? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think you need to ask uh See their idea, maybe their political views or just how you mm-hmm. live your life. Mm-hmm. Right. For me, travel is very important. Mm-hmm. Right. I can. If you don't like to travel, if you're not willing, that's a deal breaker for me. And so I think in addition to those, I think it is anything else that's going to be a deal breaker for you. Mm-hmm. Those should need, those need to happen in the first conversation. Mm-hmm. Is this even, are we even on the same page? Yes. Do we even serve the same God? Mm-hmm. Do we even desire the same things instead of, as you shared, going through and getting to I do. And I absolutely am have seen myself as a mother since I was a little girl. Right. And that's actually something that you don't even want to consider. Absolutely. And I think those are easy ways to avoid heartbreak, right? Mm-hmm. Those are quick questions. Do you want children? Yes or no. Mm-hmm. Do you want to get married? Yes or no. Mm-hmm. Right. Now you're not waiting till you're four or five, six months in and you love this person. And now you're like, well, maybe I can do without children. Maybe I can. Now you're giving up what you really desire. Right. Mm -hmm. That's not the perfect person. They don't Mm -hmm. have the required elements or characteristics that you're looking for. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm all about avoiding heartbreak in any way that I can. And I think asking the right questions up front is an easy way to do that. Like You're not going to catch me 
six months, seven months down the line, and now I just figured out that you don't want to, not unless you lied or something like that. But <laughs> that's a whole nother that's issue. A, that's something different. <laughs> but I'm going to ask those important questions. Like I said, first conversation, I, I don't think there's a need to wait. I know sometimes we think, oh, we might scare this person off, but you're going to scare the right person off. That means that's not your person. Right. right? That's not your person. Right. It's not the perfect partner for you. Right. Mm-hmm. You do not have to settle, especially because you're afraid of, are do are you telling yourself, this is the only chance I'm going to get, mm-hmm. so therefore I have to settle? Yep. Can you tell me, when you're working and coaching with um, your clients, what impact do you hope to have because they have decided to partner with you? I think the biggest thing that I'm looking for is to not just get them to the result, but give them the tools to do it themselves, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, when we're working together, I'm going to ask you the questions to help you realize what you want and raise your self-awareness. But I'm hoping that by me asking these questions, you start to ask yourself these questions. Mm -hmm. Because by giving you the tools, that means you can handle any conflict that comes up. I don't want you to have to keep coming back to me, right? That's Mm -hmm. not what I want. I want to teach you how to handle conflict. I want to teach you how to communicate. I want to teach you how to ask yourself the important questions like, "Eh, is this really important to my future or is this just something that I want, right? Mm -hmm. Can I compromise on this or not? And so I'm hoping that by me asking you the questions and you seeing, oh, this is what's important or she just asked me what about that is important. Now you start to ask yourself these questions. And I always love when clients come back and say, I was having this conversation and I heard you in the back of my mind. And that's what makes me feel good, right? Because that means that you're not just getting to an answer, you're learning how to do it. And this is why I don't always like to call myself a relationship coach or these relationship experts out here. I don't believe in giving relationship advice Mm -hmm. because it doesn't teach you Mm -hmm. how to deal with it. I can tell you, okay, this is what you need to do in this situation, but what about the next one? Right. right. You have to come to me each time you have a disagreement or got to have a difficult conversation. And that's not what I want. Right. That's why I create these resources. Right. The I have the perfect partner, the mm-hmm. dating edition. It's 50 yeah. questions to help determine if you're compatible. Mm-hmm. Right? No, you don't have to ask them all at once. But there are questions that I think people should think about, but maybe they don't. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can see how the other person thinks or what your life might look like with them as a partner. Right. So that's why I create these resources, the dating version, the couples version. I'm working on two books, actually. The communication book is with the editor right now. And it teaches you about how to clarify your message and then also how to take your partner into account and come up with a communication plan, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The other book I'm working on just talks about emotional intelligence and romantic relationships, right? So I'm creating these resources so that after we work together, even before, right, you still have the tools to do what you need in your relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And for those who may have missed it, Mm -hmm. how can they connect with you as well as follow you on which social media platform? Yep. So everything is my name. So my website is erinfdarden.com. So E-R-I-N-F-D-A-R-D-E-N.com. That's my name. Also on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, pretty simple to find. Um, Like I said, the card game is definitely available on my website. Um, I also have other resources up there that, um, like I said, the common communication mistakes. Uh, If you go to my YouTube channel, there's a lot of videos around communication and what to do, you know, when you're in a situation or things you shouldn't say to your partner or rules and, you know, how to create all of that. Um, So everything is my name and I try to create 
as many resources as I can to empower people to really define what a healthy relationship looks like for them and give them the tools to maintain it. Mm. This has been, (laughs) I am just sitting here and she has just showered us with so much insight and so much expertise. And it is absolutely a, a powerful way for me, I feel, for us to begin to continue to wind down our whole series on healing, health, and wellness. I hope you have enjoyed this. We've got one more session in our series next week. So I hope you will absolutely. Same time, same place right here on the flip side. We'll see you then. Thank you for tuning in to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Please join your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson, for another edition of our show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.